0: Yo, this is Rare from Rare Art Labs, and now you're tuned into Art on the Block. This is Ruth Kattlo from
1: Fairfield. You're listening to Art on the Block. The podcast for crypto art and music. This is Cryptography. <laughs> this is Sam Hart. This is, this is
2: Judy. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> no, this is Drop Foster. <laughs> from from, from Dada.nyc. We're listening to. Wired on the blockchain.
0: Blockchain. Blockchain. Watching. This, this
3: is Yi Ying Lu, my Chinese name is Lu Yi Ying. Um, I'm here with C.J. and Scrooge. Shout out to bitsonline.com. You can uh, get some great resources at
4: bitsonline.com. Blockchain, 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 blockchain.
0: Art on the Blockchain. Episode 25 It's the Diamond Anniversary, (laughs) bitches
4: (laughs) Yeah Airhorn, airhorn, airhorn
0: What's up, Cynthia? Doing well, how are you doing? Good Blockchain Episode
4: 25 Yep yeah, we're here, and uh, we've got uh, special guests in the in the um, in the Skype building, virtual machines helping us out with that specialized computer products where we can see people from New York.
0: I don't know; it could be the AI. We don't know if it's actually them.
4: That's true. They are uh, big in the AI news these days, with uh, Christie's discovering an artist on their website and, um, auctioning off the first AI-generated art, I think. Yeah,
0: it's physical too, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it's a physical piece and, um, that, uh, those guys are Pixera, uh, super rare. John and Jonathan. John Crane, Jonathan Perkins are stopping by to talk to us about their, uh, dealings and workings in blockchain
0: you're doing very well
4: yeah good dudes talked to them a few times met them both um they're both artists and musicians as well of some sort so drummer cool. at
0: least one of them is a drummer
4: yeah I think jonathan's a drummer so, um yeah they got a cool new uh video out right
0: they do have, it's-, it's
4: like a music video
0: <laughs> awesome.
4: <It's> like Action pack. <laughs> they're in the office Super rare office And they're fucking skateboarding Only one person
0: seems to be doing work Yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah That's our skateboarding Playing drums Just having about, a man. jolly good time Wow yeah, I don't know
0: Maybe they can hire us yeah. We can do that I might not be able to skateboard But
4: yeah, I'd like to see you do a, uh, An ollie at least <laughs> That'd be tight Yeah <laughs>
0: I'll bring the knee pads
4: <laughs> Alright, well you got some top 5 news I heard
0: I do Alright, so here's the top 5,
3: top
0: five. Number one. First um, October 20th Our Music Festival The Greek Theater UC Berkeley Mr. Mr. Blau uh, that just happened, so for good things,
4: <laughs> Mr. Bla.
0: <laughs> Seems like it went well. A lot of good. I've seen a lot of good telegram conversations. Yeah. So I think people were pretty excited about that. So congratulations on getting that. I'd like out to the hear door. more
4: info on it. I want to hear some, a post-game wrap-up if, if anybody out there knows what that is. Yeah. Check it out.
0: I know there were a couple of uh, videos, so. Number two, we're both going to be up in New York for the Art Tech and Blanche Connect event at New Art Academy, October 24th, New York. Uh, we talked about this before. It brings together art market specialists, collectors, technologists, and financial analysts for a full day of discussions and talks on the crossover of art with blockchain, AI, and other innovative technologies. But you have a special yeah, role. What are you going to be doing?
4: Well, I'm just there as a special uninvited guest. Um, <laughs> you know, you know You're crashing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your guest, but um, the auctioneer for the DJ Pepe thing... Um, Is doing something with CoinDesk and inviting me on stage to field questions for the interview and hang out with him, I guess. So I'll probably do that. He showed me a sneak preview of the. It's a. For the next day, actually, I think, is when this is happening. But there's a book called The Rarest Book. And it's a. uh, It's the thickest book ever. It's like the thickest War and Peace of Rare Pepe uh, propaganda and shit and it's got all the Pepe cards it's got a special feature on DJ Pepe this is fucking exclusive news right here So you gotta uh, get this out hopefully this comes out <laughs> this episode comes out for the book so I can drop that DJ clue it's, uh, funk flex bomb
0: <laughs> let's hope for that <laughs> yeah
4: yeah, all three people that knows what that means right now. <laughs> Shout out to y'all.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. Your mom listen to this, too? No, mom oh, doesn't man. get to hear this one. Okay. <laughs> Just as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three, October 22nd and 23rd, East-West Crypto Bridge in Frankfurt, Germany. It's a technology and regulation event. We'll talk about that uh, hopefully, in the next couple days, but we're not going. We're not no. going to be there at, uh, at Frankfurt, even we though it's a lovely there. city.
4: Um, I would like to go.
0: Yeah. Maybe there's somebody, some generous supporter of our on the Blockchain. Send us to up. Hook you up. Yeah, let's go. Uh, next is DevCon 4, October 30th to November 2nd this year in Prague. Ethereum <laughs> sponsored by the Ethereum Foundation DevCon 4
4: yo uh, Status they tweeted out they're putting up artwork in their uh, little tunnel area of, of, of that DevCon oh okay and they had uh, featured my artwork are they? yeah and uh, there's a silent auction on faces my art piece there so go bid that up to like 100,000 Ethereum or something
0: oh Status is doing that? mhm yeah. No way. Yes way. Um and then number, number five, five there's a Malta blockchain summit. I hear about Malta all the time. It's a place I've always Let's go. thought I'd want to go. It looks cool. <laughs>
4: looks like the Bahamas, right?
0: Malta? Yeah. No. What? What <laughs> <laughs> the
4: fuck? I've been sold the <laughs> dream that it is a lie.
0: Maldives, maybe? I don't know What whether. is
4: Malta? I thought it was an island off of like Italy or something or Greece.
0: Well, it is, but that's not.
4: It's like the Bahamas.
0: It's <laughs> the it Bahamas like? of the Mediterranean. Yeah, like what is it
4: not like? How is it not like the Bahamas? Does it have clear water?
0: I don't. It's not really famous for that, but it's it's places where many summits. It's a place where some many summits uh, occurred, but it's it's a very historic location. So a lot of signings, diplomatic type things. Mm. But I think they're really trying to. Uh, Become a location for those in the blockchain space. Yeah, the gray which is crypto. area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's they're doing doing a lot of stuff. Here. Shout out to Malta. Yeah, November first and second, twenty eighteen. They have forty four. Sorry, four conferences in one place. Are we going? I'd like to go, but it's. Hey, let's yeah, go. A couple
4: weeks. If you're checking this show out, you know, send us some advanced tickets, first class, please, <laughs> and I'll forward you forward you our our very specific rider contract. <laughs> 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 Cynthia needs her <laughs> polio string cheese. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> J- Jason Jason requires um a cassette tape player they probably have those yeah for
0: sure definitely well what's what's on your rider
4: um 3D glasses
0: Ch- <laughs> champion <What's> y- <laughs> <laughs>
4: champion all over print Gucci bags <clears throat>
0: that's a collaboration
4: yeah that's blockchain is going to make that collaboration happen that's going to be very rare
0: <laughs> it will be <laughs> Oh man! So that's the top five.
4: Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Today's um October twenty second.
0: that's a the twenty first.
4: Maybe the twenty first. Yep. Today is uh, Ten days before Halloween, so it's getting spooky around here. Are you doing anything for Halloween?
0: No. No. I'm eating candy.
4: <laughs> okay.
0: Somebody else's candy.
4: The m M&M, the uh, Eminem or the blockchain Mms or whatever, or blockchain or Bitcoin gold coins? I believe. Are they good? At Kmart or Walmart? I don't no, know. Okay. They're like the money coin <laughs> so,
0: What's Tommy gonna be?
4: He's being somebody from Fortnite, some pumpkin head dude. Yeah.
0: Is it scary?
4: Um, no, I don't think so. Oh. He's a uh, Fortnite specialist. He's, uh, he just got his black belt in taekwondo as I well yeah.
0: were so you there? of course for the award ceremony? Uh, yeah. do you do taekwondo?
4: he does I do not no. No, I've never done taekwondo I did take a Kido's art of sword fighting with Steven Seagal's master yes you heard it here first in Malta? no that was in uh, Norfolk Virginia it did not last more than a couple months
0: that was not a good student. <laughs> See Tommy? <laughs> yeah, Thomas
4: definitely bested me on that one.
0: That's great though. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Just some news on the non-fungible summit in San Francisco. It was very nice. It was beautiful out there everybody was in very good mood and it was surprising how much got done in such a short amount of time hmm. <laughs> uh, it happened really uh, eclectic group of speakers there was all different subjects and that's one thing about summits is you don't want to hear blockchain blockchain but was
4: it, it Was it just blockchain blockchain blockchain? It was blockchain.
0: a lot of the fungible because that was kind of the point of the summit but I did was want. was
4: Dr. Scholes there I had a fungible on my toe one time. (laughs) Really, man? Drum roll. Hey!
0: (laughs) Um, So I did get a little bit of audio and I... Got permission of um, <laughs> from Cullen Miller, who was there at the Nonfungible Summit. I met him before at the uh, Gray Area Festival, and he has he had his compadre in this in this work mm. called I think it's pronounced Claves Angelic K. Mm. And his That's talk fancy, it's really cool. Um, his talk was called Fetish Objects, Tokens, and Idolatry, and so fetish. Yeah, fetish objects. Okay. Um
4: This <laughs> <laughs> is a family show, but it keep going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but it's a it's Oh, did you see the okay. No, it's a it was a really interesting talk. He was really speaking about the power of words and so this particular art piece you basically put together a it's not really a a hex, but it kind of is. Mm. Um, where that that goes out into the world, mm-hmm. and there is a written depiction of it. Their their, their uh, art piece actually draws out the intention on a um, was it on PVC? Who board? draws it? This their their art piece, so it's a mechanical device, mm. and so you put the words together the. Uh, program generates the depiction of the words and it's printed out for you. So so it's really I think it's kind of multifold. It's you have to think about what you're gonna put out on the blockchain, the words that you want to say and the intention. And then not only that you have to agree in a way to have it written out and then it's there forever. So it's saying, you know, be careful with your words. Um, Anyway, so I have a a clip um, that I'd like to just make available for our listeners.
2: Awesome. Uh, My name is Cullen. Let's talk a little bit about cartography and magic. So these things uh, have a sort of deep intertwined history uh, that actually are dating back to the origins of of writing. Uh, During the European Dark Ages, uh, Monastic sects actually bore the responsibility of of keeping the rights of ancient ancient mystery cults of, of Egypt and Greece intact when they did this, they ran a huge risk of of being burned at the stake for committing crimes of heresy. so um, some of them developed uh, cryptographic systems to encode uh, encode these secrets into their their manuscripts so p- pictured here is a uh, steganographia, or sort of a uh, artistic representation of of, uh, the keying mechanism that this Benedictine abbot, uh, Johannes Trimetheus, invented. It's one of the earliest forms of uh, cryptography. Um, But it wasn't only uh, the monks uh, who were working with ciphers, but also natural magicians and occultists of this era, and sort of a proto-science era. The latter groups weren't only using cryptography to obfuscate sensitive information, but also uh, were devising devising keys and, and linguistic frameworks for communicating into the into the outside so by by devising these uh linguistic schemata these magicians believe that they they could actually access preternatural realms outside of the worlds that they were exploring in their their scientific pursuits so pictured here is uh the sigillum de emeth uh, which is uh perhaps the most famous sigil out there uh, uh it was developed by uh dr john Dee, who was a uh, uh, the court magician for Queen Elizabeth in the the 1500s. He was uh, in his own right had a outside of magic had a, a big impact on uh, military strategy, astronomy, mathematics, and, and and linguistics as well. That's a whole a whole different world that we won't go into today. But he's fascinating. Um, so, talking to a group of probably largely secular people, making assumptions here, of course, uh, I think that the principles of these networks that, that, that we're all sort of gathered around today uh, to talk about are, um, are sort of a material computational embodiment of, of what a lot of the, the ancient magi were actually working with. So, I, I posit that magi actually were the original cypherpunks. I'm sorry, Tim. Tim. Uh, uh, the, the words mercantile, merchants, and markets are etymologically derived from Mercury, uh, the god of writing, magic, and markets. Solidity, serpent, and LLL are uh, books of magical grammar or grimoires uh, smart contracts operate like, like daemons invoked to enact uh, the magician's will pentacles uh, pictured here are uh, cryptographic tokens and coins for, for binding daemons and, and storing, storing value uh, magical codes of ethics are uh, emblematized in protocol authorship Th- this can be seen in Nick Zabos God Protocols as a more secular analogy to that um, salt one of the alchemical primes for transmuting one material into another is uh, is also used in cryptography, uh, where it serves as random data that is uh, used as an additional input to a one-way hash function. And uh, sigils, a topic of of today's talk, is uh, our, our graphical databases for storing and in, in ciphered information. All right. All right, that was cool. Anything else? Um.
4: let's well, get. Into um, this interview with uh, Super Rare. Yep. All right. All right. We have Super Rare in the house. Kixera, Super Rare, John and John, John Squared. It's a fucking amazing day, man. <laughs> well,
0: <essentially. laughs> thanks so much for for waking up, coming on the show. it's Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm super happy to be here. Very
3: excited. Longtime fan. I actually have a art of the blockchain sticker on my laptop right now. I'm looking at it. Uh-oh. Represent,
4: represent. That's what's up. Yeah, um, so for our audience, uh sure some of y'all know who Super Rare is, super You've probably been there and uh, checked out some art pieces. They've been having same some of the uh, some more dignified art pieces lately. So Christie's <laughs> is in the news, super rare's Kind of in the news of that whole thing and the, um, the uh, Obvious uh, painting. I know Obvious has some prints up on uh, Super Rare. How, how's yeah. that, has that attracted some business to your site?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, I think when they announced the auction, all their work like sold out that day and they ended up putting up like a new collection. So, Yeah,
1: yeah. They, they got kind of like an unprecedented amount of... Um, Press for being the first AI-generated artwork to be officially listed for auction on Christie's, and they had been selling some stuff, um, you know, like reasonably well, but noth- nothing too crazy on Super Rare. And then as, as soon as uh, the sort of like global uh, art headlines hit about Christie's, like all their digital stuff on Super Rare like sold out at like pretty high prices. i like I'd like
4: to make an announcement. I made the second purchase of Obvious's print before Christie's found them. So <laughs> hit that bell. Ding, ding, ding. Skrilla sc- with the eagle
0: eye, baby. <laughs> air horn. There's got to be but air horn in there somewhere.
4: It's very controversial, though. Can we Let's talk about that a little bit. I saw I, read, I think we all read Jason's piece. Jason Art oh, yeah? Him. Yeah. You, 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 you know, Dr. Beef, who is also on the uh, Super Rare site uh, and also yeah, sold, sells out the quickly. the first artist mm-hmm. ever
3: to be on there
4: definitely yeah and um he's uh one of the uh front runners in uh ai uh generated i don't even know how you say what the title what's the title for this art
3: i say like ai assisted Mm -hmm. it's a the messaging is definitely tricky though there's a lot i mean part of the whole controversy is like people's lack of understanding of how it works and yeah i've been telling people like it's artists doing work and it's assisted with AI, that's what I say. But. Okay. Are you
0: guys artists yourselves? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: definitely. I, uh, I think I actually got into programming trying to learn processing, like the language, like processing. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. It's kind of like Java, but for artists. I was told that it was going to be super easy. And uh, I think by a sort of computer science person, and then I got in there and Found out very quickly that it was not at all super easy, and I had a whole bunch of uh, <laughs> <laughs> programming things I needed to learn. But uh,
1: your computer caught fire.
3: Yeah, exactly. Wow. But uh, yeah, so kind of like dabbling with uh, generative art and photography.
1: I'm a, I'm a uh, drummer, which some people consider a musician. So that's my forehand. <laughs> of-
0: Except when the drummers don't show up. <laughs> 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 That's always a challenge, apparently. Yeah, yeah I've been, I've been really on
4: Jonathan's uh, Bandcamp before.
1: Nice, yeah. Respect.
4: What's it? What You want to plug the Bandcamp?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I, I, think I sent you my old project from, uh, from the San Francisco days. Yeah, so, you did. Um, if, anyone, if anyone wants to listen to some Belligerator, um, there's a couple <laughs> of good <laughs> albums up there. It's, I think it's belligerator.bandcamp. Yeah. <laughs>
4: That's a com. fucking shredding That's ass name right there,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: actually,
1: it's actually funny. Like, um, so everyone just th- like back. I was in this band in, in San Francisco for like uh, five plus years, and like everyone thought, or like everyone had a different conception of like what the name was. My. Um, a lot of people just think it means like belligerent and like you just we're writing songs about drinking. My drum teacher, my drum teacher at the time was like, "Hello, belligerent
0: refrigerator." <laughs> 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 oh, that's but, uh, a band name right there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But actually, um, not to get to uh, academic and you guys, it's actually Latin for combatant, so like somebody involved in combat.
0: That's oh, yeah, the, okay. uh, the
1: origins. Of the so belligerent,
0: belligerator, enough, pretty much kind of on the same wavelength.
4: Awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. Next time somebody calls me belligerent, I'll say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like rather tough today. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, so there, let's let's continue that AI thing real quick. So what Hello, what? For our, for our people listening out there, like, what is the uh, controversy? How did he – Christie's came and found this piece on your site, right? Or found the artist?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I think there's a, a few things at play. And um, if anyone wants, like, the, the full story, I'd definitely recommend going to Art Gnome, uh, Jason Bailey's blog and, and reading his uh, really good article about it.
2: This is Jason Bailey from ArtGnome.com. You're listening to Cynthia Gayton, who puts the smart into contracts. DJ J. Skrilla gets you high upon contact. You can't smoke a Bitcoin, but you don't want that AOTB in your ears. Push play and launch that. None of this stuff is legal advice, but drop your shit coins and get some art, all right? Ladies and gentlemen! He
1: presents it really, uh, I think, like a, a fair analysis of the whole situation. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, essentially, there's this there's this like pretty vibrant community of people doing... Uh, what they call AI art, different types of generative art, and in particular, um, this type of uh, GAN art It's like, I think it stands for Generative Adversarial Network, so it's like a type of neural net that artists are setting up, and um, using a lot of uh, different images as inputs, and then the network sort of learns, and then can generate um, similar but totally new works. So um, there's a lot of innovation going on in this space, <clears throat> and obviously, you know, a lot of the code is open source, so people are sharing both inspiration and code from each other. Um, but Robbie Barrett um, is a um, lives in the West Coast, and he's done some really, really innovative stuff, and he's made he's gotten a lot of press in his own right for uh, for his digital stuff. Um, and he was the, as John mentioned, he was the first uh, artist on Super Rare, um, like the first. Um, and Rob, Robbie
4: is Doctor Beef too, right?
1: Yeah, his yeah. artist name is Doctor Beef, yeah. and his Twitter handle, I believe. Okay. I think and his um, GitHub, yeah. Word. Yeah. So, so Doctor Beef um, is OG on Super Rare, and just kind of like uh, really highly regarded in the um, in the AI art community um, then there there's this uh, I guess part of the controversy is there's this uh, French group of artists called obvious and they had also been selling digital works on super Rare later in the year and um, I think they were really heavily marketing um, their stuff and um, they had also sold a physical print to a like prominent collector and so anyway all, uh, you know different factors combined and Christie's picked up one of their physical prints, uh, for auction in uh, the upcoming auction that's, uh, that's in New York. So it's really cool for obvious. Uh, there was some controversy in the AI artist community that, um, that they were like not doing the most original stuff or they were kind of, you know, copying either code or style or ideas from, from Robbie or or other artists. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I think, um, I don't know. I met, um pierre from the obvious group this week and he's actually a pretty humble dude and i i think that uh the way it just played out wasn't even really the way they wanted to um but yeah that's that's kind of my take on it Uh, but really i think jason did a a great job with the article he interviewed them and he interviewed robbie and uh yeah yeah, anyway um you know i i think a little controversy is good for for art though Mm -hmm. um and kudos to those guys for uh, for their upcoming auction, Christie's. I, I do hope it goes well. Nope. What's your thought on that, Cynthia?
0: Um, well, I'm the, I'm the attribution person. I always, you know, hope <laughs> if people can't pay, you know, because sometimes you just can't pay the licensing fees and you can't do stuff, especially when you're you know, using other people's works and and at least give attribution, especially because I see it and certainly see it in. Uh, art music as well as software you know and open source is intended to be a community uh, where people take and give and um, so I it did concern me a little bit with regard to the acknowledging the people who came before and and helped you know put this put this together so that bothered me a little bit um Because otherwise, the community of artists is is just not gonna is not gonna work in this space because it is a mix of the technology and the art, and so if and then otherwise you're gonna have the folks who are trying to have proprietary interest in everything. Um, So it seems, um, you know, I I I don't know how it's how it's gonna play out, but history has shown that you know capitalism. (laughs) tends to win and uh, proprietary (laughs) tends to win um so i don't but i don't want that to be the case especially when folks are really you know trying to make a difference in a community to improve the entirety of the community so that's that's my take but i you know i don't know you know I, i know jason and i don't know any of the the other artists but i do believe in attribution
4: it, it sheds a lot of light on the community at the end of the day so a lot of people that didn't even know what this AI generated art and might know what it is now because everybody's writing about it yep
1: so yeah that's true it's it, maybe it's one of those situations where there you know any any press is good press and uh, another artist that um, is on super rare like, yeah like Robbie's stuff kind of got really got really popular on super rare and then I think a lot of the other AI artists. Saw this. So when we when we launched earlier this year, um, we really had like a, a high percentage of AI and generative artists because I think they all kind of uh, read the same blogs and and run in the same circle. Um, so, yeah. but yeah, anyway, um, another artist named named Pindar Ben Armin his you know he he chimed in on twitter and his stance was that this is just kind of like elevating the visibility for the whole niche uh, overall and he was kind of positive about it Word. yeah
4: so in the future what, what's this ai generated art gonna look like you think we're obviously this is like the elementary days of it still right yeah it's
3: still really early um and I don't know; it's already pretty weird and crazy, so yeah. I don't know exactly <laughs> where it's it going. Go? Like, but it's, I definitely like the direction
1: it's going. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was I was thinking about it, like there's a, a couple of interesting things. So I was at, like Christie's actually held a um, a panel earlier this week. Um, they're you know they're promoting the obvious um, auction that's coming up, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the, the panel is pretty interesting. They didn't dive too deep, but like I kind of wanted to ask some some questions about like when are when are we going to have AI driven or like created like storylines or like movie plots like that'd be that be trippy. Yeah. And then also what I wanted to ask at Christie's, but I didn't because I thought I'd get kicked out. It would be like when are the when are we going to be relying on AI to do the curating or like tell us like what's <laughs> good art, like what's <laughs> All right. Like that's when it's gonna get really good. Oh, oh, serious. Oh, oh, oh my god!
4: Let's <laughs> you know, yeah, let's hope, cool.
0: hope not. Let's hope not, because that everybody would be have a job. Fucking,
4: <laughs> fucking robots, man! You guys be careful. <laughs> this robot <laughs> shit out there. All you artists, right? This is, you to, really make sure want... you put a leash on your robot. <laughs> we don't need these, we were, we don't well, need
0: these robots just, breeding. I, the tin hat. So we were just the the car, talking about
3: this a little bit. Like the robots are helping us navigate the car, and like you know. Recommending all the songs we listen to on okay. Spotify and videos on YouTube, so they're already like getting really involved in curation. Um, so it was, yeah. uh, it is interesting to think about like that spilling over into other you know forms of art and stuff. Yeah,
4: this interview was super rare. Was recorded before the actual sale on October 25th. The portrait of Edward Bellamy, the AI print by the trio Obvious, the French collective sold for four hundred and thirty two thousand five hundred dollars so as christy said it's signaling the arrival of ai art on the world auction stage so um super rare you guys came out with a, a medium post recently um kind of announcing what the next phase of pixera which is the company this is pixera is y'all's company
3: yeah, yeah, that's correct.
4: Right, so Pixura is doing basically Super Rare was the first kind of iteration show and prove proof of one-of-one of one print auction house that's working and now you're uh, kind of letting other people come on and do their own networks of uh, art stuff, right? You want to talk about that?
3: Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we started out kind of... You know, tinkering and building early, the be- like, maybe January or November last year. And um, built a lot of software just to kind of use the Ethereum NFTs and, like, you know, querying the blockchain for data, uh, building an app- application around that. And had to build just, like, a bunch of kind of low-level APIs to do this. Um, so after we launched, we kind of talked about it and decided that, like, hey, this is pretty difficult. We spent a lot of time doing it. It seems like it could be, you know, add a lot of value to other projects if we uh, sort of expose that software layer and let other people build applications that leverage NFTs. Um, so it's pretty general purpose. It's definitely like uh, we're working with a lot of other creatives on creative type projects, but you could also do, you know, like NFTs are kind of just, an Ethereum data structures, so there's a lot of they're pretty flexible. So we're, um, I think there's going to be a lot of different use cases that
1: use
4: it. Sweet, how, how many uh, platforms are being built right now?
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, our our vision for uh, for Pixera, at least in its current iteration, mm-hmm. is kind of like um, like a Shopify model almost, if, if you're familiar with that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of this plat like this infrastructure layer that enables um, creators or entrepreneurs or even other businesses that want to have a um, Ethereum based uh, marketplace of tokens of, of some sort, um, and that they can really easily build it on top of Pixera. Whether um, it's they're just using a UI and it's like this full um, full featured platform for launching a marketplace without writing any code or whether you're, a, like, a web developer and you just want uh Pixar to handle all the really hard, like, Ethereum part of the engineering and just handle the, like, normal web stuff yourself. So, um, yeah, so, so that's what we're building. And, we you know, we've... We've got a lot of interest from everybody from, um, you know, people with ideas for tokenized art galleries, individual artists that want to add stuff to their page, um, people doing, you know, tokenizing physical objects like collectibles and valuables that have an idea for business there. Um, I think uh, the gaming industry is really waking up to um, to blockchain and, and crypto, and a lot of like. You know, trading card games, and I think increasingly sophisticated stuff is going to be involving these valuable tokens. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the infrastructure piece, and um, Super Rare was, is like that's our baby. We spent most of the year working that, and that, that's definitely going to continue uh, growing. Um, and that's that's kind of like our example of what you know what you can build on this infrastructure that we're then opening up um, to other people to build on, which is Pixera. Sweet.
0: So how, how would you differentiate your what you're trying to do from Shopify?
1: Um, yeah, that, that's a good question. I mean, um, we see it as a, uh, like, lowering the barrier to entry um, for people to build on blockchain. So I guess in a similar way that um, Shopify... Lowers the barrier to entry to opening an online storefront. Like you don't need to be a developer to have a nice uh, e-commerce um, site. Um, but uh, I think I think the I don't know. There's several differences. Like we're really focused on the the blockchain piece. And as far as I know, like Shopify doesn't do any of that stuff. And also, um, like we're trying to have this be really flexible. So if you want to, you know, just completely have control over the. The web application side, and just use Pixera as an API data layer to just do the blockchain stuff. That's cool. Or even, you know, and, and while we're small, um, you know, you can you can come talk to us about your your custom project, and uh, we we may have some um, ability to to help you out with architecture or other other stuff like that. So, um, is to have it just be like a really flexible solution.
0: Yeah, because the thing I hear a lot about with these things is how do I – if I don't get what I thought I got and how do I get my money back or how do I get returns because of the immutability? Um, and that's one thing that something like Shopify has built into the system. But with things that are built on blockchain, the, the solutions that we're used to, as that people are used to as consumers is not – uh, a You pay, you buy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, but I'm just I'm just wondering because that that really is something that I that I hear is well what if something doesn't work as you anticipated, um, and so I don't know how I don't know what that solution is because the the promotion of immutability has actually caused a problem uh, from a consumer perspective. But
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a it's an interesting concept and I mean I, th- I think it's early days you know we're in this phase where the art and these non-fungible tokens they're you know they're kind of considered like crypto collectibles or um, you know things like that so I think that um, you know I think that the space is going to evolve a lot in the next couple of years like we're kind of in the very early days of the internet here so it's, it's hard to see exactly what what use cases there's going to be but I, I think that you know, like, we're obviously not trying to enable people to run run scams or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but say you do start a, you know, um, a, a trading card game based on Pixera, like um, it's really going to be like we see this as like people building businesses on top of the technology, this sort of general technology that we're providing. So I think that you know we've learned a lot running Super Rare as far as. Um, how people buy and sell and think about these items and then the ux like even just the the very basic like the web interface with different messaging to help people you know walk through this kind of really new um new use case like we have learned that uh, you know like a good amount about that stuff and we can help people um think through it but at the end of the day like if they're starting a game on it, it's gonna kind of be up to between them and their their users or their customers to um, to I guess figure out the exact terms. So if there's like a disagreement about the use of a token in the game, that would kind of be um, between the, like the game developer and the, their their customers. I guess that's how I think about it. What what happens
4: if um, if I'm a bad actor and I say you know what I'm just gonna create my own super rare and put images up and kind of like a clone and, and market it out market you what happens then have you guys thought about something like
3: that uh yeah well so we I hadn't really thought about somebody just really rip trying to clone the exact uh, app um but I think there, you know that's sort of one of the cool features you know there's the downside to immutability that you know you, it's forever but It's interesting just to be able to, like, analyze the different addresses of, you know, like, how old is this account? How many transactions have they uh, created? So, even without, like, a sophisticated reputation layer, you can kind of do quick analysis and see, like, oh, this is a really new smart contract or, like, oh, this is a really old contract. So, um, I think, uh, you know, with this new, more open data model... um, Somebody could come in and, like, try to build, like, a clone and, like, try to issue the exact same tokens or something. Um, but it would be pretty easy for consumers to go see, like, oh, this is uh, a really new one and there's, like, an existing one uh, that's, like, actually, like, eight months old or something. Um, so that's kind of how I'm thinking about it. But, yeah,
1: uh, I, yeah, I kind of feel like it, it's kind of like you can go on and create, like, uh, fake, you know, Barack Obama like Twitter account and maybe like fool a few people, but right. I don't think it's it's like a, a huge problem because most people are going to realize that, that it's fake.
0: <laughs> well, the dilemma with all of this is that it might take you away from what you really you want to do. You know, it, I'm always concerned about, for example, you know, artists worrying about infringement all the time instead of creating their work. You know, yeah. so what are the kinds of things for you all to stay on your basically in your lane of what you're really interested in instead of worrying instead of worrying <laughs> about other you know other things that probably might not have been what you were interested in doing you know that that to me cuz i i had uh I, I think about that personally is is how do i keep in my lane do the things i really am interested in and and see a future in versus getting caught up in the weeds in something that is like this has nothing to do with what i'm interested in
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think particularly for uh, for artists, or if you're making your living through your personal creativity in any way, it's like uh, you know a pretty big um, pretty big bummer to have to worry about you know some bad situation like infringement, or even like uh, having to like sue somebody or anything like that. Like that's that's definitely a big problem. <laughs> yeah. <I've...
4: laughs> I've gotten emails with lawsuits for sample abuse in my past for hip hop sample stuff. So, oh, so. wow. So that's the same thing. I mean, whatever.
1: <laughs> hip hip hop sounds best
4: sampled. Sorry, y'all.
0: <laughs>
4: yeah! Don't shoot the messenger.
0: Yeah. Well, I remember I had heard uh, Stanley Tarantine. He spoke, and I had always been a fan of his. And, um,. And he was commenting about how he made more money from samples than he did from his actual albums. And that said something to me with regard to, to this space is that, you know, if you can get a little bit of money for each use, at least everything's above board, you know. And then and then you could have somebody like Stanley Turretine come and talk at an event and say, you know what, samples actually help pay my rent now anyway but that was a really i i that was a very a lot of it depends on
4: what you do with the sample as well um um speaking of that though um super rare has a built-in thing that uh people are probably interested in i don't hear it talked about a lot but that every piece that gets sold after the artist retains some of that profit right
3: yeah,
1: that's correct.
4: Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. How, how does that work?
2: Yeah,
1: so, yeah, the, um, when we were designing the system, that was, like, one of the really cool things that we thought we could do with smart contracts that you really can't do um, or in, enforce programmatically otherwise. Um, so, yeah, basically, the idea is that... Um, if you are an artist and you create something on super rare you are um, you're literally using your ethereum wallet to create this crypto token and then it's minted and uh, shows up in your wallet and then um, somebody can buy it um, and uh, you get currently like uh, it's our we're in beta and it's the beta smart contract so currently you get hundred um, percent of the proceeds of that first sale I think we are gonna um, introduce some fee there but I, you'll still get um, 90% or upwards of that first sale as the artist. And then um, then the token is, is really always up for sort of silent auction in the system. And we see a lot of people, you know, continuing to trade and, and bid on the art, which is cool. It's a, you know, sort of like, uh, it's just this like fun, you know, community of, you know, like buying and selling and, and trading these, these art tokens. Um, mm-hmm. And so each time... Um, a piece of art sells sort of in the secondary market, uh, a small percentage continues to go back to the artist. So the majority of it goes to um, the seller, um, the, the collector who's, who's holding it and selling it. But each time, a uh, percentage goes back to the artist. So it's, in my mind, it's kind of the equivalent of like finding a, um, you know, a record in, you know, a record store that, you know, from the 60s or 70s or something and paying 10 bucks for it and then like a dollar of that goes uh, goes back to the original artist or, or songwriter or something like that. So, or the record label owner and publisher. I <laughs>
4: think the artist yeah, doesn't probably, have any rights.
1: <laughs> probably like the lawyers in that case. Yeah. But <laughs> nice idea. Right,
4: yeah, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of music, what do you? Quick flip. What do, What do you all think of uh, the music and blockchain uh, stuff? Have you all looked into that at all?
3: Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, there's like a number of different projects really tackling kind of like streaming and uh, instant payments to artists and producers and collaborators on uh, all the music, which I think is a cool use case. Um, and I think where there's also going to be some more like some fun different things, uh, you know, uh, Skrilla, for example, your uh, can't smoke a Bitcoin. Track. Mm-hmm. I was very excited to get that counterparty token. I think there's some like, you know, I feel like the word immersive gets misused a lot. But these sort of like, you know, you're experiencing music, but then there's these other layers that are pretty cool. Like I thought that was like a fun thing to do. Um, yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I had, yeah, fun, I, had fun with that. I one. think
1: it's. <laughs> 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 we've had a, we've got a, we've had a lot of fun with the uh, Can't a Bitcoin song. Um, also there's a uh, few limited edition uh, can't smoke a bitcoin gifts on super rare yep. but um, it's become one of my favorite videos, I've showed that to uh, quite a few people yeah, but awesome.
4: yeah, I-
3: yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. 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 We got a we got a new one. A quick plug. Uh, Me and Emoji are back at it. We got a new one. Hopefully dropping Halloween. Uh, and a uh, super rare print will be a part of that same type of uh, thing we did last time.
1: Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, it's
4: called it's calendar. called it's called Ding Ding Ding. I wear Gucci. <laughs>
1: great awesome yep. Yep. Nice. can't wait for that yep. but uh, yeah but I think the the question about uh, music and blockchain is interesting one and it's it's near and dear to my heart I, I studied music recording and digital media in college and obviously I've, I've done a lot of like recording sessions as an engineer and a musician and um, I don't think you know I, I think there's still it's still an area where we're gonna see uh, a lot of um, I think there's still tons of room for improvement in the space. Mm. Like, with with music playback, I mean, my whole our whole lives have been this story of, like, okay, revolutions in music playback. We had, you know, vinyl, we had tapes. I, I grew up with tapes and CDs. I feel like we've kind of settled on streaming. Like, we went through the, like, download yeah. and RAM era that was, like, a little weird. I feel like streaming is, like, I don't think we're going to have a, t- a ton of um, more playback uh, technologies. But, um... I think that, like, it's a little weird now. I, I basically pay Spotify $14 a month to not serve me ads. Like, that's what I'm paying them for. It's not, like, for the music, really. Yeah. Um, and, like, so I think, you know, in my mind, if you're just, like, designing an optimal system, it's like, okay, you, you're you a musician. You upload music. I play it a few times, and a little bit of money goes out of my wallet and goes into your wallet. Like, that seems like a pretty pretty efficient system. Um, so ideally, we can get closer and closer to that. I think Tune is is uh, doing a really good job experimenting with it. I yeah. um, haven't spent a ton of time on there, but I've definitely listened yeah. to some playlists there, and that's it's cool. They they're also doing stuff. I think right like um, rewarding curator uh, market yeah, curators. Yeah. Yeah, so playlists, uh, creators get a little bit of money. So it's cool to see the experimentation, but I think it's one of the areas where there's still a big opportunity for someone to to create like the the killer killer app for it, I guess. Yeah,
4: and going back to the streaming thing, I see that too, but the thing I I think has to happen um, that's going to... The void needs to be filled if everything's streaming is that um, something tangible still has to be there so like when you're like like 13 to like 19 and you're buying music when you give somebody money you're like kind of like giving a piece of yourself you're getting a piece back like when you're doing streaming it's not like that so it's really it's more shallow you know what i mean so something has to be filled and maybe maybe this digital print stuff is it like moving album covers and stuff i know me and jonathan both you guys have talked we've talked about this um there's a lot of different things there has to be something though that You make a a commitment to the artist, where that's I think part of the psychology of it.
0: Yeah, not just listening, just listening, just is is not is not enough to sustain you know an artist artist living.
4: Yeah, they're gonna get scared. And I think
3: shallow. I think shallow is a good word because, like, as a consumer of the like, I totally get what you're saying. Like, I remember like kind of, like, scrounging for, like, dimes and nickels and, like, going and getting a, like, used CD at, like, Music Trader or whatever. And it was this, like, really cool thing. Like, it experience. You take, you know, the CD or the tape home. Yeah. Uh, and it's, like, you have this close bond with the artists in some, to some degree. And, like, I totally agree. Like, I stream things on Spotify, and it's, like, oh, this is cool, and it sounds good, and it's, like distracting me from emails i'm writing but it's not <laughs> like a listening experience you're not like yeah. you know learning every word of the album which like i definitely used to do a lot more of with like the other model
4: you don't know where yeah. it was recorded you don't know who was playing the guitar you don't know what nah. they're shouting who they're shouting out yeah you know, i don't yeah. know it's like all that stuff was like uh,
0: well, I still. Ha- I mean, part of it for me, just having you know ticket stubs. To talk, you know, people are just now scanning their phones and little things like that. Because I have, right. you know, the first band that I went to, that I paid my actual money to hear. I right. still have ticket the ticket. Stubs, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting, well, but I, but I do think I think one one thing that has been proven, I, even with with this, in this space, is there's an interest in physical memorabilia as well as the digital. Rarity. So yeah. the, uh, the
4: the tokens are the memorabilia in a lot of ways. Um
0: kind of yeah. as,
4: as, right now. Um and you know, with uh, you know, by attaching like an NFC chip if that's possible, that's debatable as well. But um there's companies starting to experiment with that or been experimenting with that. I've seen um the Blockchain Art Collective, I think that's their name. Um they've been yeah. doing it with the artists um, lately, so be interesting to see yeah. how this all works
1: yeah i've been having a lot of conversations about the this stuff recently and um you know somebody pointed out as soon as record sales started going down so like you know physical cds were that there is a, a scarcity there like it's a physical limitation there's a scarcity and then streaming really made that scarcity go away and so then now if you're if you're a band or a musician you really have to focus on your um, getting your income from touring or merchandise, which is now where the scarcity is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's really cool that um, at least in some ways, you know, it's still very experimental, but um, Skrilla, you've been experimenting with this and, and some other projects like introducing, like, okay, now we have this digital scarcity, what, what can we do with that? Mm-hmm. And um, just, just to do another shout out, one of the first, you, you're asking like what uh, sort of stuff's being built on, on Pixar now, so one of the first Projects that's going to be launched is uh, Jonathan Mann's um, Song a Day project. So yeah. he's the um, he's a friend of ours in New York, and he's the I think he's the Guinness World Record holder for most songs consecutively written. He's been writing a song a day for about ten years, which is amazing. He's
4: OD with it, <laughs> song a day.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. So he basically has uh, most of. Um, like the UI and the design for um, for his project, which is essentially creating like one of one um, tokens for uh, all of his thousands of songs, and um, so he's, it's going to be running on, on Pixar, so we're going to be issuing the the NFTs for that. Um, so yeah, excited to be, and I, I think that's another good use case of like, okay, you know, um, he's his career is music, he's a professional songwriter. And this is obviously, like, a really fun project. And it's, uh, I think it's a cool experiment of creating, um, you know, like, issuing these songs as, as digital collectibles. Like, each one comes with a, a visual component, and there's different attributes and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see um, more experimentation with, with that sort of stuff. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I saw him out in uh, San Francisco for the Non-Fungible uh, Summit that's uh, cool uh, um so I did see a, a sample of of the um, the potential or things that he the things that he's trying to do, so it will be interesting how you um how this comes out or how you know it ultimately is manifested
4: yeah. I want to see uh, Wu-Tang put their one-of-one uh, one on the uh, picture.
3: Yeah,
1: let's make it happen.
3: <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I think the
4: feds own it right now, so we gotta, we got to holler at the feds.
0: <laughs>
4: Martin Cicrelli, uh gave yeah. that up in his plea oh, or whatever man. it was.
0: Yep, and he only had the license. That's the hilarious part, is the license.
4: Yeah. Anyway. That's another part of it. But, yeah. um, yeah, I guess, uh, I don't know. What, what else can we talk about, guys? What are we, what are we doing here?
3: I know we're getting ready for uh, DevCon. It's the big Ethereum conference happening in Prague. So you're Uh, going.
0: So you guys are going.
3: Yeah, this would be my first time in Prague. I'm pretty uh, pretty excited about that.
0: Same here. Pretty
3: fun. Have you guys been to Prague?
4: I have have not.
0: not. I've heard it's inexpensive and there's great crystal. Motherfucker they what? What
4: What does that mean, crystal?
0: Like crystal Crystal. glass. (laughs) 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 Glass. Oh my (laughs) damn Cynthia! There, (laughs) the actual glassware. But it's crystal, it's not glass.
3: The beer was pretty good. Uh, A good uh, kind of pub scene. Yeah, and we're also going to be doing a a hackathon with uh, Status. Okay. Um, So Status, I am the messaging app. Uh, They're sponsoring a big hackathon, so uh, we're putting together like a lot of developer materials and some uh, kind of toolkits. uh, Hopefully, get a bunch of people experimenting with the API and giving us feedback.
4: That's dope. Yeah, uh, your new guy, uh, Zach, hit me up about featuring a piece there, I think.
3: Oh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, another cool thing. Their uh, status really hooked it up. So the venue is this kind of really old, it sort of seems like the inside of a castle or something. There's like a really cool-looking old building that's been pretty well maintained. Mm -hmm. And so... A huge sort of like section, or it's like a throwaway kind of walking area, is going to be a Pixar art gallery, which is going to be pretty fun. So we're going to have about, I think, twenty different iPads uh,
1: with different art up,
3: and um, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, so
1: it'll be, it'll be an open auction for all those works, and then um, at the end um, there'll be a tally. So any any sales that happen during that period, status is, is matching the total funds and giving to a charity it's like uh, i forget the name of it it's like a south african educational program great. um so that'll be pretty cool if anyone listening is going to be in prague um during the status hackathon definitely come check out i think it's there the whole week actually so oh great know, come check out the uh, the digital art gallery nice. and uh squirrel is gonna have a piece up there
4: Woo air horn air horn <laughs> pump my pump my bag. Pump, it's so funny to say pump my bag, but it's like an art piece, but it's a bag at the same time. That's what's funny about this space. It's like pump. You don't you don't hear people saying like pump my art, pump my music, but <laughs> you kind of are when it's a token because you think of tokens and shit coins and True. pumps. Like we're we're over here in the most <laughs> elegant way possible. I'm saying this. Artists and musicians are turning their art and music into shit coins and we're pumping our bags <laughs> no, I was to... the
3: proliferation of the shit coins is gonna be huge oh,
4: <laughs> and and then remember like that i don't even want, i can't even say it but this is not investment advice but we're talking about art and music and all of a sudden we're talking about tokens now i gotta throw in a fucking thing to let everybody know you know, you know what I mean? It's weird. It's a weird thing. Yeah. Like, like I think it. We are people's... not
3: giving investment advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's a whole weird thing. It's kind of like uh, returning art and music, not all the way, yeah. but I've seen where it's It's, it it's more commoditizing It's more uh, liquid, and it's weird. I don't know what's going on. It's a marketing it's, thing too. It is
3: weird. Mm-hmm. We had a conversation yesterday. So you know, we're you know talking about like Pixar and features and things to add. And uh, one of the things we want to do in the marketplaces is let people set prices with a stable coin, like uh, the Dai stable coin. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that mm-hmm. project. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we we would love to you know let artists set prices in Dai. Then you're you know you're sort of shielded from the mm-hmm. cryptocurrency volatility. Um, and we were like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool if they could just buy it on the website. And you're like, oh, but then you're like now all of a sudden like a cryptocurrency exchange. And there's this like <laughs> really fine line between like being an art gallery and like social platform. And then like you add one little feature and it's like up oh, now. It's this like super regulated. Yeah. That we're gonna need like millions of dollars in like lawyer fees to achieve.
4: Yeah. Shout out to Cynthia.
0: (laughs) 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 I've been been trying to come up with an argument to make these things more property versus a security because it, you know, every time you start talking about the the value increasing or changing as a result of somebody purchasing your your item, I mean, I don't know any. How
4: can you be liable? Like, how can I, like what you're about to, like I think what you're saying, like how can you be liable for that as an artist, right?
0: Well, you can be, but, yeah, the, but, why? but the, the thing is, that's a little bit different is if you're saying go buy my album as a physical thing and you're not saying, oh, and by the way, the value, right. my, this album is going to be worth, you know, 50 cents in 20 years yeah. when you go to the,
4: which it will be, right. <laughs> <laughs> you <know>? Generally speaking.
0: <laughs> and because you don't really say that.
4: All albums are terrible investments. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> in the long run, in the long run, except for like a few, like unless you get like that white label or that early but buy. But at least
0: you'll have the album. What my fear is, is that you buy it, you get a token and in six months you won't be able to f- see it or find it and it won't be anywhere. Um, at least with the album, you if you want to keep it, it's, it's there and you have possession of it. Um, and it's different with tokens that may not be supported uh, by... Anything where you can actually see if there is an image or the or the song is, is is held on a database somewhere, you no longer have access to that database. All those kinds of things, uh, I think, it'd be useful to um, to consider longevity because I don't I don't think that's being thought about very very much. But you know, that's not I I can think about it because that's part of what I do. But it's um, but I do wonder how all these uh, tokens are going to maintain some longevity.
1: Yeah, I think I mean I think that's a very valid point. And uh, we we are in this like like we were talking about earlier, just really early stages of technology and the the longevity uh, is obviously a problem. Like there has been millions and millions of dollars lost in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies um, due to just like lost private keys and we're in this everyone you know as users and as engineers like everyone's just still figuring out how to like have people manage their own sovereign digital items whether it's money or, or art so i don't i don't think we're quite there yet i think it's still uh you know pretty easy to lose your private keys and therefore lose ownership of your artwork tokens um but uh ideally i don't know i hope that i i, I I do think that the consumer usability and that sort of stuff is going to get better in the next, like, two, five years.
0: Well, it could, yeah. it could be that, you know, everybody just puts their stuff on their own server and not worry about anybody else. You know, as long as it's, if it's an open source and it's you can look at it on your own, you know, on your own server and not rely on third parties, then, you know, that might be best approach. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not
3: sure. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Charles, who's not on the call today, uh, uh, he's our CTO. He definitely, we've had some, you know, late night discussions around just other like data storage models. And like, it is sort of a weird idea, this like ownership of digital objects, where do the objects live? You know, part of it's like right there in the chain, but then there's this other more ephemeral part that's like usually the file. Uh, so where's that sword and who has access to it and things like that
0: yeah it'll, i think it'll it'll come together but it's a it requires a lot of you know that's a group think <laughs> people have to come together and agree that's where standardization yeah. comes comes into play even in an open source environment so yep um is are you all speaking anywhere that we need to know about
1: um yeah so if anyone's in new york um Next Wednesday, the 24th, uh, Zach, who's our um, marketing and content and video guy, he's going to be on a panel um, put on by the uh, New Art Academy.
4: Oh, I'll um, be there, too. Cynthia will be speaking there, too.
1: Oh, very cool. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so, um, so Zach will be there uh, representing us. And then um, if anyone's going to be in Prague, like we said, for... Um, the uh status hackathon we're going to be giving a presentation there for anyone uh, you know interested in building a non-fungible token app uh on pixera and then uh, we'll be lurking around and hanging out for the whole DevCon week too. the following week dope sounds fun yeah i'll be yeah.
4: up there I'll, see. I'll are you guys going to be at the 20 the new art academy function as well. um,
1: no, we're actually uh, the the three of us uh, other team members are flying out earlier that day. Like we already uh, had our flights to Prague, Prague booked. Unfortunately, gotcha. Uh, but luckily, Zach was able to do it, and then he's he's fly, actually flying out to meet us uh, later. Um, so nice.
0: Well, yep. Make sure to say hello to him then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Please
3: do. All right. And then,
4: yeah.
3: I was just one last. There's also, I was looking for the name of the event, but Blockchain Media Summit. It's November 9th and 10th. And uh, we're going to be on a panel there. It's uh, out in Long Island. And I think it's a free event. So it um, should be pretty fun. I think there's people like Ujo and uh, some of the other media folks are going to be there. So that should be fun. Awesome.
4: Cool. And, um, all right well yeah i guess we'll wrap it up here everybody you guys go check out SuperRare.co. that's the uh site and what's a Pixura site
3: uh
4: pixera.io. cool cool hey who real quick who owns SuperRare.io? who's the, who are these people
3: I think we do.
4: Oh, okay. Because I would go to the site and it's like not. There. Sometimes it's it's in my browser. Sometimes I must have typed. Uh, it we we
3: got to get that redirecting to .co.
4: Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Good luck. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having us, guys. All right, Thanks. All right, I'll talk to y'all later.
1: Bye. Right. Thanks. Thank you. You